No one comes to the Father but through Him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Therefore, it no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. Inspiration for today. Are you ready for the word? Let's let's pray. Father, we come before you and we just dedicate our hearts to you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would minister to us right now. And Father, whatever you have to say, Father, may we understand in our lives where we're not walking according to your word, and may your Holy Spirit change us today. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're looking at week four of True Freedom Is, and today we want to focus on who is your master? Who is your master? I want you to, as I'm saying that, just think, who is my master? Who is your master? And I I remember years ago reading a testimony in a Christian magazine of a young girl who had bulimia. If you don't know what bulimia is, she would eat and she had anorexia bulimia. So she she felt guilty if she ate anything, even if it was a lettuce leaf. And she would stick her finger down her throat and make sure she purged or vomited everything up. She had gotten really thin. She was going into her early 40s kilograms. And she was a, 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 almost a young adult. And she, if you know anything, she was starting to go into like being 39 kilos, which is terribly thin. She was extremely sick. And the one day she was, she'd gone to the bathroom and she'd knelt down in front of the toilet bowl and purged, vomited all the, the little food that she had in her tummy. And as she just sat there in absolute weakness, in desperation, feeling completely sick, feeling completely hopeless. God reached her in that dark, darkest moment and said to her, I want you to see that you are bowing down to the toilet. You are on your knees, bowing down to the toilet. You have made the toilet your God. And she had such revelation in that moment that she was a slave to the toilet bowl. She was worshiping this toilet and she no longer wanted to do that. But you know, if we're looking at who is your master, you can be drinking and going to the toilet and vomiting who is your master. You can be a slave to a drug peddler or to a a specific substance you are a slave to a tablet. You cannot sleep without a sleeping tablet. And hey, this is not condemnation, hey? This is me going, we need to look at who is our master. You could be a slave to a man as a woman. You cannot, you have a fear of being alone and so you put your trust in a person to be your God. You can be a slave to a woman. You can be a slave to money. You can use people for money or you will steal because money is your God. You are a slave. You can be a slave to lust. You can be a slave to porn, and you can be a slave to sex. 
We're going to look at Romans chapter 6, verse 15. We have been looking at these verses, and they are incredibly powerful. And I pray this morning as we look at them again, the Holy Spirit will really minister again to us of areas in our lives. So it says, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Since God's grace has set us free from the law, I want to tell you, I've met too many young people who sin. And when I say to them, do you believe you will go to heaven if you carry on living this lifestyle with, with incredible rebellion? They look up at me and go, absolutely. And I want to show you the word. Well then, since God gra God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. There's the answer. Which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from the slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to even deeper, you led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you can become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is so powerful. I want you to say, now I am free from the power of sin and have become a slave of God. Now I do things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. I don't know if you saw the verse. You have just declared that verse over your life. Amen. So do you desire to be your own person? Do you feel that it is your life and that no one must tell you what to do? We live in a world like that today. But by the blood of Jesus, you've been set free from the law. Does that mean you can go on sinning? So lesson number one, you choose your master. You get to choose your master. Jesus gives you free will to choose who you will be a slave to. You are not forced, but you will live the consequences. If you choose to sin, you're a slave to sin. Sin owns you and leads you down a path. And the path leads to death. Sin leads you to a path which is death. And you know, the death can be physical, like a drug overdose. It can be a physical death. The death can be relational, like an affair. A man sins or a woman, that they, they lead down, they, themselves down that path of destruction, have an affair, and the death is relational, the marriage ends. The death can be emotional. People, for example, that have affairs often struggle with depression. 
the death can be emotional. And sin can bring illness, which can bring death, like unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can lead to things like cancer. I want to encourage you. If you have unforgiveness in your life, let it go. I'm not saying what that person did to you was okay. If you're a girl, I'm not saying that sexual abuse, that abuse in any form, you're a guy, any form of abuse was okay. But let it go and allow God to bring the vengeance. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That unforgiveness will destroy you. I've spoken to many young men who've hated their fathers. Such incredible hatred towards their fathers for how they've abandoned them, how they've treated them, what they've done, how they've left them. And they have said to me, I hate my father. And I've said to them, if you do not let go of this hatred, you will become your father. And they've been so angry, this almost demonic voices come out and said, I will never be like my father. And then it's been months or possibly a handful of years later, and they're doing exactly what their fathers did. I want to encourage you, get rid of unforgiveness. If you don't want to be a slave to sin, then there is only one other choice, obey God. This leads to righteous living. The Greek word for righteous living is dikai osine. Dikai osine. Do you want to say a Greek word? Say dikai osine. Oh, that sounds like a good Greek church. Say it again. Dikai osine. Amen. You're speaking in tongues if you don't know what you're saying. That means righteousness. A state of him who is as he ought to be. You see, that's how God created us to be, a condition that is acceptable to God. It means it's a condition where you have integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Righteous living, you're living as if you've never sinned. I don't know about you, but I want to live like that. We all want to live like that. It's not a prideful life, and it's not a confidence in sin. You choose which state you get to live in, and then after you choose, you live in the consequences. Do you get that? Amen? I'll give you a silly example. If I give you an egg, you choose whether you want to throw that egg on the floor and it smashes and it wastes, and now it's got to be cleaned up, or you get to choose whether you want to put it in to a batter and make a cake. The consequence of the one is way nicer than the other. The one is wasteful. The other one produces something that you'll enjoy eating. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You make choices when you are angry. The Bible says don't sin in your anger. So now you get angry and you make a choice when you get angry who you will be a slave to, who is your master. You make choices when you speak. The Bible says the power of life and death lies in your tongue. So maybe you you say something that you shouldn't say. And then you say, well, I didn't mean what I said. No, you are a slave to sin. Because you chose to sin in that moment. You're a slave to what comes out of your mouth and the consequences. Remember the people of Israel who God rescued so miraculously when they were slaves in Egypt. 
God did the supernatural over and over and over again. And then they get rescued. God opens the sea for them to walk through. And now they're in the desert and one thing goes wrong. And yes, it wasn't a small thing. When you're in the desert and there's no water, some of us don't have water tomorrow for like 52 hours. Did you know that? We're going to hear the complaining then. Side note, fill up buckets tonight. Amen. Okay, but now they're in the desert and they're not having 52 hours of no water. They're in the desert and there's no water. And they forget all that God has done. And they begin to complain. But God has already done these countless miracles. They could have stood in faith. You see, when something goes wrong, we need to stand in faith and declare God's promises as if they have come. Why? Because the Bible tells us that the devil comes seeking to see whom he may devour because he comes to steal, kill, destroy. Don't let him steal your joy. Don't let him steal your relationships. Don't let him steal your marriage. Don't let him steal your children. Don't let him steal your blessings. Remember as they complained and moaned and grew bitter and discontent because they weren't remembering what God had done. They didn't declare the promises of God. They weren't saying what God has done before, God will do again. Let's watch. Hey, no, no. I know we're thirsty, but remember how God opened the sea. Remember the countless miracles that he did in Egypt. What he's done before, let's see, let's watch. They didn't do that. They didn't declare that God is faithful. God is faithful. You see, God was faithful. God will be faithful because God is faithful. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But they did not do that. And God said this as they moaned and they complained. God said this, I will do for them as they have said. And they were saying this, I want to die. That's what they were saying. I want to go back to slavery. And God said, as the people have said in my presence, I will do for them. What are you saying? What are you a slave to? Who is your master? Lesson two, give yourself wholeheartedly to God. Romans 6 verse 17 tells us to give ourselves wholeheartedly to God. Wholeheartedly means you surrender. You surrender. You are surrendering to something. You are surrendering to someone. It may be a boy. It may be a girl. It may be a substance or money. It may not be God. The challenge is, who are you surrendering to? I want you to listen to Psalm 123, just the first two verses. This is so powerful. It won't be up on the screen, but I want you to, I want you to do this. Look up. Did you look up? Do it again. Look up. Now, I want you to see that action as I read this. I lift my eyes to you, O God enthroned in heaven. We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master, as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. 
When the angel came to Mary, she was a young teenage girl. She was in poverty. The angel told her that she would conceive and give birth to a son and to call him Jesus. The only question this young teenage girl asked the angel was this. How can this happen to me? For I am a virgin. Not, oh no, I'm not worthy. Oh no, don't do this to me. All she said was, how can this happen to me? For I am a virgin. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and a baby will be born. He will be holy and he will be the Son of God. Then the angel says this of a family member of hers. And it's beautiful. If you read it, there's an exclamation. The angel is telling her news she did not know, but the angel is excited and the angel says to her, also, Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren and she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Listen to what the angel says next. For the word of God will never fail. For the word of God will never fail. Maybe we need to start looking at our problems and going, problem, for the word of God will never fail. Problem, oh, for the word of God will never fail. I think we need to declare that together. Come, let's say, for the word of God will never fail. What word are you a slave to? Now, Mary responds to this fantastic news, and what does she say? She doesn't go, oh, I'm afraid. She doesn't go, why, Lord, why? She doesn't go, I'm not worthy. Listen to this young girl's response of faith. She says this. I want you to remember what it said in Psalm 123 as I say this. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Then she goes to visit Elizabeth, who the angel told her about. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, six months, remember, leaps for joy inside of her. And Elizabeth is filled. Not Elizabeth leaps for joy. Elizabeth didn't go, Mary, the baby inside of her leaped for joy. And listen to what she says. She's, Elizabeth is now filled with the Holy Spirit. And she gives a glad cry and exclaims this to Mary. She says, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. No one told Elizabeth Mary was pregnant. She says, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? She, under the Holy Spirit, understood the Lord Jesus was in Mary's belly. How beautiful. Then she says, you are blessed, listen, because this should be our testimony. If people could say this about us, I think we've accomplished what we need to accomplish on this earth as a Christian. She says, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Wow. There is the difference between a slave of righteousness and a slave of sin. You know, in the Jewish culture, the servants knew to watch the very gestures of the master and respond. If the master made the slightest signal for the servant to come, he would come. He would be watching his master constantly. Thank God they didn't have cell phones. Imagine. 
If the master folded his napkin when eating and then left the table, the servant knew that the master was coming back to the table. Of course, that's the incredible significance with Jesus when the folded napkin that was on his face in the tomb was left folded and not thrown. I'm coming back. Beautiful. You see, if the master left his napkin crumpled, he threw it on the table and it was crumpled, the slave immediately knew the master was finished now and he could pack the table away, pack the food away. There was no need for eye contact. The servant was watching the hand of the master constantly and hence Psalm 123, listen now with new ears. I lift my eyes to you, O God enthroned in heaven. We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master, as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. And this is what Mary said, meant when she said, I am the Lord's servant. God wants us to keep our eyes fixed on him. The question is, how much are we doing that? How much as you go through the day are your eyes, are my eyes, fixed on him. To surrender means you repent. It means that you're living according to God's will and not your will. Repent means to change your mind, to change your worldview. To obey, we need to live by the the faith in the blood of Jesus. And so let's look at lesson three. Remove the past and give yourself to righteous living. This is a powerful verse. In verse 19, it says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness. Now you can read that and go, sure, it's just two sins. Impurity and lawlessness. You have no idea. You see, when a person takes their first drink, they never see the alcoholic they may turn into. When the person smokes their first joint, they never know that they may one day lose everything in their life because they got hold. The person who sniffs their first powder never sees the drug addict. The small things are the big things. We don't see the liar we will become. We don't see the deceiver we will become. We don't see how we will manipulate people and destroy relationships to get what we want. We don't see how we will become a thief and even steal from our most treasured relationships because we're a slave. We don't see the murder we would be prepared to commit, even in our hearts through hatred. We don't see how we'll become completely dead to our conscience because we're a slave. When you read the word impurity and lawlessness, it sounds like two things, but actually it covers every single sin every single immorality, every evil that you can become a slave to. Remember, the small opens the door for the, big to take over, for the big things to take over. And all you need to do is taste, and the devil will do the rest. Impurities include murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Lawlessness is a lack of order. And remember, God is a God of order. In the book of Revelation, the Antichrist is referred to as a man of lawlessness. The Bible says that God is holding the man of lawlessness until his time. 
So until God says you may step forward, the devil has no control. And it's not God going, oh, you can come in now. It's God going, it's time you can come in. My judgments will prevail. It's God that is in control. It's God who rules. It's God who reigns. It's God who has victory. But who are we a slave to? Matthew 5, 48 says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. God would never give us an instruction like that if we could not meet it. I'm just a human. I can't be perfect. No, that's a worldly song. That's not Bible. The Bible says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. By faith, only by faith, are we able to receive this through the blood of Jesus. And until you believe it, you won't see it. In conclusion, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The stuff that you're doing that's bringing sin is death. Don't tell me grace. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of, of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Believing this or disbelieving this separates those destined from heaven for heaven. It separates those who are going to heaven and those who are going to hell. You get to choose. Active church, any person watching, we know Jesus Christ. We, if you've been sitting here, you have had countless opportunities of giving your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to say to you, don't live life going, I'll do it my way. I'm in control. I'll do it later. I can remember sitting with my mom. My mom had a belief in, in Catholicism. My mom was, I know my mom has gone to heaven. I know that. But there would be times where she would possibly speak about Mary and place her in a position that was equal to Jesus. And I would talk to her and challenge her about that according to the word. And I remember saying to myself, I've got time to talk to her about this. I've got 20, 30 years at least to work on this with her. I didn't know that that evening I would get a call to say she'd been killed. I want to say to you, don't wait. Oh, I'm making myself cry. Don't wait. You don't have forever. You don't know when you're going to die. And I know as I cleaned up my mother's stuff, she had a book. And in the book, she said, she always points you to her son. Mary points you to Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate. So God had left me something for me to know. But I want to say to you, some of you are living lives like the world. You really are. You, are. you are acting like the world with the way you drink, with the way you do drugs, with your sexual immorality. You look like every single person around you. And I'm not condemning you. But I'm asking you, who are you a slave to? Because if you walked with Jesus, you wouldn't be doing those things. You wouldn't desire to do those things. You wouldn't want to be a slave. And if you're a slave, you would get before him and say, Lord, I'm not leaving your presence until this is gone. Take the desire away. Really, I implore of you, there will be a day where Jesus will come back or there will be a day where 
people will be standing around your grave, speaking about you. And hopefully your testimony will be of how much you love Jesus and that they know you're in heaven. And I want to say to you, if that is your story, what are you doing? What are you doing to get your family saved? Because some of you live like you don't care. And maybe it will be that night you'll be standing by their grave. I really want to encourage you. Today is the day of your salvation. This message was for nothing. If, if it didn't lead you to Jesus. This message was that the word is never for nothing. But if you heard nothing, this was for nothing. This didn't bring me glory for sure. And if you receive Jesus, you bring him so much glory. I want to I ask you, I'm imploring of you, where are you? And if you're going, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, I can look at you confidently and say, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, then I, I'm, my, I'm, so, I'm so thankful to God. But now, what about the people around you? What about the people around you? What are you saying to the people around you? I'm not condemning you, but I'm saying to you, why are you living a life of sin? Why, when you can live a life with Jesus? Do you hear my heart? Are you challenged? Active church, are you challenged? You look dead. I don't want to speak to dead people because they're already in their eternity. Are you challenged by Jesus Christ and his word today? Who are you a slave to? Let's close our eyes. As I close in prayer now, I just want to ask you, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to close in prayer. And if that's you and you want me to include you in my prayer, won't you raise your hand and I'll know to include you in this prayer. I don't want you to do this for any other reason than your heart is crying out to Jesus and saying, Lord, I want to give my life to you. Lord, I want to recommit to you. I've walked away. Lord, I'm, it's business today. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand and I'll know to include you in my prayer. Thank you. I see that hand on the side and I see these hands in the front. Thank you. I see that hand at the back and in the middle. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Today you want to say, I want to give my life. Is there anyone else? If you're online, I see that hand. Thank you. If you're online and you want to give your life, we're going to pray and you're going to pray the prayer with me. But I want you to email us the email address below and just say, hey, I've given my life. We would like to be in contact with you. We want to pray with you and we want to connect you to a cell group if you would like to join. Because that's how we grow our faith. You're not going to stop going to clubs. If you continue, if you, if you don't start something else, you need to grow in the word. You need to surround yourself with Christians. Christian people and start asking questions and be able to grow in your faith. And we want to encourage you in that. So I want to encourage you, if you're living a life of sin, change your friends. Change your friends. Get around people who can help you grow in the Lord. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. What are you a slave to? We're going to pray now. If you put your hand up, I want to say thank you. I know that you're serious with the Lord this morning. I want to tell you, he's such a wonderful God. He will minister so deeply into your heart. And when you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. So I want to say to you, if you raised your hand, we're all going to pray this together. But if you raised your hand, I want you to pray this with all of your heart. And I want you to receive by faith Jesus Christ who will change your life. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Let's pray together and say, Father God, Father God, 
I give my life to you today. And I thank you that you have washed me clean by the blood of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I know that today I'm a new creation. The old me has gone. And today I am new in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that your word says you have separated my sins from me as far as the east is from the west. I am new. Father, I pray for every person that has raised their hand this morning, that has come to do business with you, Father God. Oh, Lord, I thank you that today you have reached deep into their hearts. You have ministered to them, that your love is surrounding them, that your Holy Spirit is filling them with peace, Lord. And I pray that the work you have started, you will be faithful to complete, Father God. Help us, Lord to change the worlds around us, to change the lives of people around us, that they too would know you, that they too would know your peace, your love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Spirit